Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. Mark, the 11th chapter. Mark, the 11th chapter. You ready? Are y'all ready to get in the Word tonight? You ready to get in the Word? Remember from last week, we talked about being people of the word. We must be people of the word, people of the word. That is, we've got to know the word of God. We've got to know the word of God. And I find, too, that the word of God comes to God's people in accordance to their hunger. If you're hungry for the word of God, God will give it to you. If you're hungry for it. He will give it to you. He'll move heaven and earth to make sure that you receive his word if you're hungry for it. If you're desiring a word from him, he'll move anything and everything. If he has to, he'll speak through a donkey to speak to you. If he has to, he'll write on the wall to speak to you. He'll do whatever he has to do. If you're hungry and if you desire a word from him, he will give you a word. Remember the old proverb that said, blessed is the man that expects nothing. For he shall not be disappointed. So I pray that tonight you came with your hearts in expectation to hear a word of the Lord. Now I have to digress for just a moment. And uh, let you know once again, I believe in the pulpit ministry of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you believe in the pulpit ministry of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, the pulpit, pulpit ministry of the Holy Spirit? That means that the Holy Spirit still speaks through the mouths of the preacher, through the teacher, through the pastor, so forth and so on, uh, still speaks to his people today, can still speak a relevant word to you today. Words of knowledge, words of prophecy, words of healing and deliverance can go forth over the pulpit if you are willing to hear. How many of you believe in the pulpit ministry of the Holy Spirit? How many of you believe that God's word is true? I believe in the word of God. I believe in the word of God. Let's take a short quiz. Once again, how many of you would say that you believe in God's word, his holy word? You know his word is true and correct. All right. If an attorney were to come to you in your home and tell you that poor old Uncle Hickadoo died. Uncle Hickadoo passed. And the attorney told you, well, he left you a, um, you're the only surviving heir. And he has one account. It's an offshore account in the Cayman Islands. And uh, he left you this tablet. And it has in it the instructions. This tablet was his his journal that he kept daily. Now, we can't look in it, sir. They tell you, we can't look in this because the will says only you can look in this. Only you can look in this tablet in his journal. And in in this journal, we know is a secret code to get in that Cayman Islands account. Now, we don't know uh, which account it is, but we did see, we did find out that there's, um, that there's $20 million in that account, and it is yours. But you've got to go through this book and find the codes, then make the call, and that money belongs to you. How many of you would look through the book one time? How many of us would just look, just glance through it and put it down and say, oh, well, I didn't find it. Well, the money's not mine anymore. I guess I just won't have it. No, we would search that thing through diligently 
to find the code, wouldn't we? Sure we would. Diligently, line upon line, word upon word, to find the code because there's something valuable, there's something that we value on the other side. Right? I believe that that's God's word in your lap. Now, don't raise your hand on this question. How many of us seek it line upon line, word upon word? There's a mighty hush. I believe that you believe. I believe that we believe that it is the word of God. But I believe that we allow laziness to get in. We allow that old spirit of laziness to get in and rob us of our 20 million, 20 billion blessing. Laziness, because we don't see the results, the ready results at that moment. Now, we all testified, I believe in the word of God. I believe that God's word is for me today. I believe it, I believe, I believe it. But remember, our actions always speak louder than our words. Always. Amen? Amen. Amen. Mark 11 chapter. We'll be speaking today from the subject of faith that floats. Faith that floats. Won't be before you very long, but we'll be talking from the subject of faith that floats. Remember, we started all this with Peter as he was walking on the water to get to the Lord Jesus. Remember, he took his eyes off of the Lord and he began to look at the wind and the waves and all the stuff that was happening there. And he began to sink. Well, we don't want to sink in our faith. Amen. Amen. So we need faith that floats, faith that will continue. We talked about some principles concerning that on last week. Uh, that you can also, that I believe that's also available on uh, audio cassette, rather on CD, uh, as well as online. You need to get that particular message. I know, brother, we're tired too, but we're going to make it. You need to go ahead and get that CD because it'll be a blessing to you. Last week we talked about meditating in the Word of God, right? Meditating in the Word day and night. And the Lord said that if you do that, you'll be like that tree that's planted by rivers of living water. And you're going to bring forth your fruit in your season, right? The Lord tells Joshua also, this book of law, thou shalt meditate in it day and night, right? That you can observe to do all that's written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you're going to have good success. So the first key, as we talked about last week, uh, to developing faith that floats or enduring faith is that we've got to meditate on the word of God. We've got to be people of the word. Not just casually look at the word, but we've actually got to get in the word. Are you with me? Amen. You say, well, uh, okay, I try to, but I just, I just can't read that well. Well, in this day and time, there's no excuse. There are plenty of, uh, there's the entire Bible on DVD, entire Bible on CD, the entire Bible is online. It's everywhere now. Even on audio cassette tape, if you still have that, the Bible is everywhere. If you want it, you can have it. We are truly, in this day and time, are without excuse. We can listen to the Bible as we go to bed at night. Listen to the Bible as we go, drive, as we drive down the road. If you want the word, you can have the word. So there's really no excuse about that. Whether we can't read, I don't have this and that and the other. Well, I don't have the money to go buy it. Well, did you have the money to go do other stuff? Well, I'll stop right there. We buy what is valuable to us. What we call as valuable, right? We buy, we spend money on our priorities. Make God's word a priority. Make God's word a priority. 
Amen? Amen. Faith that flows. Mark 11. Mark 11. And let me tell you something. We'll find this out today. Faith is only valued to a person, is only valuable to a person that has a desire. If you don't have a desire, if you don't have a want, an aim, or a goal, or a purpose, faith is worthless to you. Let me see what I'm talking about. Mark 11, verse 24. It says, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and what will happen? And you shall have them. Verse 25. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your what? Trespass. That's our root scripture. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this word tonight and for everything that you've given unto us. Lord, we ask that your spirit would teach us tonight. Holy Spirit, you are in divine control. We give you total and complete control. And we welcome you here in this room, in this place tonight. We believe in your ministry. We believe that you can still speak to us and influence us today. Have your way, Father, in Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. amen. All right, we want to look, really want to zoom in on verse 24. Because we want to talk about here again faith that floats. Faith that will uh, endure from the problem to the answer. Remember, Peter was walking from the problem to the answer. From the boat that was tossed to Jesus on the water. From the problem to the answer. We need to float from the problem. uh, From the bill being overdue, underdue, and around the corner due. We want to float from that all the way over to the solution. Debt paid off, paid in full, right? Float from the problem to salvation. Verse 24 says again, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Say desire. Desire. Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And the Lord promises you shall have them. Now this word is qualified. But the main thing you want to get tonight, we want to grab a hold of, is that word desire. What does your heart desire? What is on the inside of you? What do you really desire? We're going to really focus in on the word. We're going to define that word. We're going to see it in scripture. Because if you catch a hold of this tonight, there is a great wealth. Uh, Not talking about just money stuff, but there is a wealth, wealth of wisdom. Uh, There is a wealth of God's glory. There is wealth. There is more than enough. There is abundance that the Lord wants to issue to you and to me today. But we've got to simply get our desires in right focus. We have to get our desires in right focus. So the word desire, you may want to write this down. The word desire in the Greek does mean, it it does mean to desire, but it also means uh, to ask, to beg. It means to call for, and two very important words it means. Make a note of that. It means to crave and require. To crave and require. The Lord says again, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. One more time. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. 
Well, what does desire mean? Once again, the two most powerful uh, definitions that I found uh, in Scripture, or rather or in the uh, Strong's Concordance, means, the word desire means to crave or require. Now, how do you know that your desire really meets this verse? Or how do you know that you really have this verse? It says you will have, you will have them. Well, you've got to first of all know, is the thing that you're asking for, is it really a desire? Is it really a craving? We can ask for things that we really don't truly desire. We want them, but we really, it's really not a craving for us. Are you with me? I could ask for a plasma screen television, but it's really not a craving for me. Does everybody understand? I could ask for a million dollar mansion, but it's really not a craving for me. It's not, remember the word desire also means to, it means a require, something that is required or requirement, something that I have to have. Are you with me? Something that I would go after. I can't see myself going after a lot of material things, just going after them, right? So the point is here, the Lord's saying, and really, if you don't have this desire or this craving or this uh, God-shaped requirement on the inside of you, you're really not going to ask like he's saying here. Because I found out that if we're asking for wrong things, they will eventually burn off and we'll just lose our desire for it. Or we'll just mature out of it. Uh, I wanted, when I was younger, I wanted a big wheel. I wanted a G.I. Joe a dull action figure with a kung fu grip. When I was younger, I wanted that. But I got older and I began to mature. Right? So my desires have changed. Right? I no longer want a big wheel. I no longer want a G.I. Joe with a kung fu grip. I grew out of it. Are you with me? So some things that we say we desire today... We may not desire tomorrow if it is not truly of God. The things that are truly of God in our lives, that truly God-shaped desire will last the test of time. Are you with me? The test of time, no matter what comes. If it is truly of God, it will remain in your heart and it will eventually come to fulfillment. So let's look at this. Here again, it says, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, this word, this word is qualified. Go with me to the book of first John, the fifth chapter. This word is qualified. Somebody said, well, pastor, I really desire me 20 kegs of beer and I've been praying for it for the last 20 years. I really desire me 12 prostitutes and I really been praying for it. I really have a strong craving and desire for this, that and the other. Well, that may be so, but is that qualified by the word? You understand what I'm saying? Okay, you got desire, but is your desire of God? How do we know if my desire is of God? Well, let's look at it. First John, the fifth chapter, verse 14. Now, right away, we know we can know if we know it's an evil thing, God's not going to give it because God doesn't have it. The Bible says that he's the giver of all good and perfect gifts. God doesn't have an evil or imperfect gift to give to you. He's the giver of all good and perfect gifts, all right? So you, if you need those particular things, you require those particular things, 
Well, hey, don't ask of God because he doesn't have them. Are you with me? I pray that you don't, but John, the first chapter, verse number five. Or rather, first John, verse first, first John, the fifth chapter, verse 14. Are we there? It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, say anything. Now, anything means all, right? All things excluding nothing, doesn't it? If we ask anything according to his what? His will, he hears us. If we ask anything in accordance or in agreement to his will, the father says that he will hear. Now, that also goes to say that if we're going to ask, we got to know what his will is. Right. You heard the sister testify just a moment ago that she desired. She didn't know why, but she desired a building. Well, that was a God desire. And as she asked in accordance to his will, to the father's will, well, it began to manifest, didn't it? There are God desires. There are God, God ordained things. Don't you know when God wants something in the earth, uh, he won't come down with a hammer and nail and put it up himself. What will he do? He will give you a desire. He will give one of his children a desire, a desire for a food bank, a desire for a homeless shelter, a desire for, you know, for whatever. He'll give you a desire and that desire will be strong in you and it will it will stay in you passing through time. Right. And if you're truly a child of God, when we feel that desire, we'll begin to pray. And the Bible says there, there again in the Mark, um, Mark 11, 24, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This is speaking of that God ordained desire. Now we find here in first uh, John, the fifth chapter, it says, uh, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15, it says, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. As long as I'm asking in accordance to his will, he's hearing me and it is going to come to pass. It will come to pass. But see, that puts more pressure back on us to find out once again, what is his will? As long as you're praying in line with his will, the answer is yes, and it's going to come to pass. It's only a matter of time. It's going to happen. Hallelujah. It's going to happen. Praise the Lord. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to wonder about it. You don't have to fast about it. You don't have to ask a thousand people about it. If it's in his will and you're praying that it come to pass, it's going to happen because that is his word. His word backs it up. Are you with me tonight? All right. Let's look another in the book of first John one more time. First John, the third chapter flip over. These words are qualified. The Lord said here again in Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Well, in order for your faith to float and to stand the test of the time, in order to stand the trial that the devil will throw at you, because when you're standing on faith, understand when you're standing on faith like Peter was, the enemy is going to try to throw everything at you and give you every reason why you can't have this. Why you're not supposed to have that. Well, that may be for somebody, but not for you. He'll try to throw everything up in your face. Test results or, or your credit's not good enough or you don't have enough money. This and that. All these reasons. 
And remember, the enemy will always deal with you in facts, not fiction. If the devil deals with you, he's going to deal with you in facts. You get your test result from the doctor, and it's a fact that there is a lump. It's a fact. Fact, fact, fact. But God deals with you in faith, with faith. That's why he said the believer will walk by faith and not by sight. Are you with me? It's a fact. They just took the the x-ray. It's a fact. There is something there. It's a fact. X-ray machine. The things work. But God said it is by his stripes that you were healed. So if the enemy ever deals with you, he's going to try to try his best to deal with you with cold, hard facts. Fact. You don't have any money. Fact. You're broke. Fact. You're homeless. Fact. He'll try to put all these facts. That's what Peter was dealing with. The fact that he was on the water, wind was blowing, and I'm not supposed to be walking on the water. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And he took his eyes off of Jesus and sank. Right? But the thing that the believer knows, here again, is that God's word goes over or supersedes fact. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say. Hallelujah. His word is more powerful than the circumstance. This is how Peter was able to walk on the water because Jesus said, come. So his word created a platform for Peter to walk on. Hallelujah. And his word still creates a platform for us to walk on. Remember that the spies that went out, the 10 spies said, we can't do this. What did they do? They saw and they sank. But Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. They saw and they kept on seeing the Lord. They saw the Lord's ability and they were able to float. Hallelujah. You see, please understand what the Lord's trying to do for you tonight. As this nation, as this country, as this world goes into economic upheaval, as people are afraid, they're frightened, they're, they don't know what, what's going what's gonna to happen, whether it's Social Security, um, this, my check can cut off here, my check gets cut off there. And there are people every week, almost every week, that call me on the phone, that call the church asking for different types of assistance. Help me with this. Help me with that. Help me with this. Help me with that. This got cut off. I, I lost this and I lost that. I lost this. I lost that. What's happening? They're sinking. Amen. They never did develop a firm foundation on which to walk on. When there was an opportunity in time, see, we have time now to develop a firm relationship. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's what the Lord's telling us now. How do I walk on the water when this gets cut off? How do I receive, continue to receive the blessings of God or the promise of God when that gets cut off? How has that happened? How will that happen? When we finally realize that the job was never the source, only God was. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Now, the Lord may use the job to supply the need, but the job is just a vehicle. The Lord is the one that supplies the needs, and he's never going to get cut off. Are you with me? All right. Now, here again, First John, third uh, chapter, verse 22. It says, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Why? Let me read that one more time. First John, the third chapter, verse 22. I hope you're with me. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Please understand that. Now, we're qualifying uh, uh, Mark eleven twenty four. We're asking God for something. How do we know that we're going to receive this thing? Number one, we know that it is according to his will. 
that we ask. And he said, if it's according to his will, well, he's going to hear me. Second qualifier, First John, the third chapter, verse 22. What does he say? He says that we, let's read it again. And whatsoever we ask, say whatever. whatever. Sounds like anything to me. Doesn't sound like that to you? And whatever we ask, we receive of him. Now, this is a, can you see this as a personal word of testimony? These apostles have been through something. And they, the Holy Spirit has used them to write this word. They, this is their observation. Can you see this as an observation? They, they've come to a conclusion. They have a revelation. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Well, why is that? Because, because what? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So to them, it wasn't just a Sunday religion. Right? These were people that were, that were serious with God. Hallelujah. This gave them confidence in prayer. A confident walk with God in prayer. Now, he said, because we keep his commandments. I wonder what commandments is he talking about? Well, we see that in verse number 23. It says, and this is his commandment. Say, this is it. it. Turn to the neighbor and tell him, this is it. it. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, who? Jesus Christ. Christ, And love one another as he gave us commandment. That we should believe on Jesus and love one another. That's his commandment. That we should believe on Jesus and love one another. Believe on Jesus and love one another. Hallelujah. This is the commandment that he's speaking of. Are you with me? Verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him. And he in him. And whereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. Now, go to John the 15th chapter, John 15, John 15. Let me read to you again, 1 John the 3rd chapter, as you're getting John 15. 1 John the 3rd chapter says, verse 24 says again, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. And he that keeps his commandments dwells in him. And he in him. If you keep the Lord's commandments, well, then the Lord, well, then you are dwelling in the Lord and the Lord is dwelling in you. If you keep the Lord's commandments, the Lord is dwelling in you and you're dwelling in him. Are you with me? If we keep the Lord's commandments, the Lord is dwelling. Say, if I keep the Lord's commandments, he dwells in me and I dwell in him. All right, let's look at this. John, the 15th chapter, verse number 7. Are you, are you there? Amen. Let's read verse number 7 together. Ready? Read. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, does the word shall mean might? Maybe, perhaps, sometimes, if God's in a good mood? No. Shall is a positive word, right? It means it's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. You can bank on it. You can write a check on it, right? 
Well, look at the last part of that verse again. He said, it shall be done unto you. Well, how do I get to the point where I'm praying and, and I'm believing God for something? How do I get to the point uh, when it shall be done unto me? By abiding in him. The Lord said, abide in me and my words abide in you. Well, how do I abide in the word? Or how do I know if I'm abiding in the word of God? First John third chapter, verse 24 tells you, he says, and he that keepeth my commandments dwelleth in him. Well, he said, and he that keepeth uh, his commandments dwelleth in him. If you keep the Lord's commandments, the Lord is dwelling in you. And you are dwelling in him. Well, what command, commandment is he speaking about? Well, the Bible tells you, if you believe on the Lord and love one another. I find that people that do those two don't have any problem. But we have a problem if we, when we stop looking, at, stop looking to the Lord, stop believing in him for different things in our lives, we, we get off. We go off course when we stop believing in the Lord and start, as we said before, start getting in what's called survival mode. Survival mode. Oh, we pray first. We pray, God, Lord, help me pay this bill. Lord, help me pay this debt. When we say or see that he has not come in our timing, we get in survival mode. Well, I guess I got to go get a third job now to pay this. I guess I got to go get a fourth job to pay this. I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess. Get in survival mode and we miss out on the promises of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't go into survival mode. Tell him the Lord's got your back. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Let's look at a few more. Go to Psalm 37. This is going to be, it's going to take us a few weeks to get through this. Praise the Lord. But I'm willing. Psalm 37. Let's continue talking about these desires. Psalm number 37. This is very familiar. Psalm 37. Now, you want to write these things down because you're going to need to have these. Now, before we even go into prayer, before you even go into prayer, before you even ask the Lord, make sure that this is in accordance to his will for your life. Because this is going to help you to float when it gets hard. Are you with me? This is going to help you to float when the circumstances get rough. Before you go to the doctor and get the test result, make sure you know the word of God as it relates to that situation. Are you with me? Make sure you know that it's by his stripes that you are healed. Make sure you know that with long life will he satisfy you and show you his salvation. What are you doing? You're putting on God's armor. Doesn't matter what you hear then because you've just been focusing and meditating on the word of God. Doesn't matter what you hear. Doesn't matter what you see like the big giants because you know that my God is well able to overcome you. You don't scare me. Hallelujah. But when do we get scared? When we stop focusing on him, the Bible declares that uh, the wicked will flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. Why are the righteous bold? Because the righteous know something that the wicked don't. You with me? The righteous know the word of God. The righteous are believing in the promises of God's word. That's why we can stand. Hallelujah. Because we believe in what the Lord has said. You got to believe his word. Turn to the neighbor again. Tell him we must be people of the word. 
We got to know what he said. We got to know what he said. Now, sure enough, sooner or later, as long as you keep on living, you're going to be hauled back into court for another trial. Not talking about an earthly trial. I pray none of us go into an earthly trial situation in a courtroom situation with the judge and bailiff and all that. Trial meaning a temptation. Trial, test, or temptation. When the enemy comes to throw a lot of mess at you, he's going to accuse you. And you've got to, you're going to have to have the case law to back up your claim. You're going to have to know the word of God. It will come when we got to be ready. That's why the Bible talks about in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, that we got to put on the whole arm of God, right? That we may withstand the wiles of the enemy. All right, let's go on. Uh, Psalm 37, verse number three. It says, trust in the Lord and do what? Come on, read with me. Trust in the Lord and do what? Do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Let's read verse number four together. Ready? Let's read. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Delight in the Lord. Now, here's the flip. I hope you catch it. Here's the flip. He says, delight in the Lord. Delight yourself, not your neighbor's self, not your children. You delight yourself in the Lord, and in return, he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, what's the flip in this? Hold your finger there and go to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Hold your finger there. Hold your finger there. And go to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew six, the Lord says, you delight yourself in him and he will in turn give you the desires of your heart. Right. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Here's a flip It's about to flip on you. Get ready. Matthew six, verse thirty one. When you got it, say, I got it. It says, therefore, the Lord Jesus speaking, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Now, underline the word need. God knows that you have need. Now, a need is a requirement. Isn't that right? And a requirement is also a, anybody, a desire. Somebody's getting it tonight. So the world, the Gentiles, are seeking after their desires. I'm going to have to do it. The world, sometimes I just got to break out into praise. I'm sorry. It's the world that is seeking after the desire. And if we go along with the thinking of the world, we will also go after our desires. Yes, we will. We'll hunt it down. We'll work and work and work and work to get what we want. But God flips that thing and says, don't go after it. Come after me and I will give you that. Oh, my God, I heard that Holy Ghost. Don't go after the thing. Go after God. God said, I want your attention. You go after me. 
He said, don't be like the, don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be like the world going after stuff, going after their desire. No, come after me. And he backs that up right in the next, in the next statement. Let's read the next statement. Verse number 33. Are you ready? Let's read. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness and what? And all these things will be added unto you. God has no problem with you having stuff. But the problem is when we want stuff more than him. The problem is when we'll work 80 hours, 85 hours a week because of stuff and only spend 15 minutes in prayer. Woo! That's the problem. When our time is so lopsided, we spend more time with our focus on getting things, on, on acquiring things. We're focusing on our desire, how we want to prosper, how we want to do this, that, and the other, that we don't focus on him and say, Lord, what do you want? God said, don't run after the stuff. Run after me. Don't run after the sale. Run after me, and I'll give you the sale. Amen. Don't run after the car. Run after me, and I'll give you the car. He said, and all these what? Come on, talk to me. And all these what? All these things will be added to who? Your neighbor? Your spouse? Your children? Your dog? Your cat? Say me. Who? Will be added to the one that seeks. Now go back to Psalm 37. We're doing pretty good tonight. Back to Psalm 37. I know we're going to make it through it, though. Psalm 37, verse number 3. Psalm 37, verse 3 says again, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now here again, does that sound like he might do it or he will do it? Does that sound positive? Sound something you can stand on? Then why in the world are we going after stuff and not after him? Praise God. It says, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And what's going to happen? He's going to bring it to pass. You say, well, I don't know how I'm going to have that house. I don't know how I'm going to have that mission. I just can't see it. I just can't see. I, I know I'm supposed to go to Africa. I know I'm supposed to go over to here and there. I know I'm supposed to do that, but I just can't see how. I just can't see how. Stop focusing on it and focus on him, and he'll make that happen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord declares, I'm a jealous God. He wants your attention. He wants your focus. Not that. Praise the Lord. Go to Psalm 84, and we're coming on down to a close. Coming on down to a close. Psalm 84. Are y'all still with me tonight? Amen. This word is good. This word is good. Yes, Psalm 84. So what, what are we doing tonight? We are equipping you. The word of God is equipping you to stand and to believe. To stand and to believe. Remember how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
And as you meditate on what you have heard and what you are hearing, it gives you more power or more strength. It strengthens your faith to believe God for what is impossible in this worldly or earthly standard. Hallelujah. Because if it were possible to you, you would already have it. You would already be living in it, already be driving it. You would already have it. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Verse number 84 says, well, first of all, turn to the neighbor and tell him, I'm being equipped to do the impossible. Hallelujah. That's a faith statement. That's a faith statement. Say to someone else with power. Tell someone else with power. We'll get it. Praise the Lord. I'm being equipped to do the impossible. I'm telling you, you are right now being equipped to do the impossible. Praise the Lord. It was impossible for the children of Israel to come against Jericho. It was impregnable, impossible for the walls to fall. The walls were so thick that chariots raced on top. It was impossible. It was impossible for Paul and Silas to come out of jail, seeing as they were locked in the stalls way back yonder, and there was a jailer there charged to keep them in there. It was impossible they could break out. It was impossible. But God made that thing that was impossible possible. It was impossible for that poor widow woman who was about to die, who only had enough meal for her and her son, and they were going to eat and die. It was impossible for, for God to send a word through Elijah and for the widow woman's cup, her, that, little, that little bowl, to have oil in it, and it increased daily, and it didn't run out until the drought was over. It was That was impossible. But God made the impossible possible. And if you can only believe, all things are possible to him that believes. But will we have more faith in a full checking account than we do God? Ask yourself. Last verse. We're gonna get out, I'm going to get out your way. Psalm 84, verse number 11. It says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. Help me read that next part of the verse. It says, The Lord will give grace and glory... No good thing will he withhold from them, from them that walk upright. No good thing. Now, what does that mean to you? Does that mean he'll give you some of this or maybe some of that? He says, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. No good thing. If it's a good thing, God said, I'm not going to hold it back from you. If you walk upright, God said, I'm not going to hold it back from you. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. Verse number 12 says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusts in thee. God said, I'm not holding it back from you. Walk upright before me. But see, we can't walk upright before God if we're still searching after stuff. Can't happen. Can't happen. We have to fine-tune our desires. Lord willing, we'll take up on this next week. Make sure you get plenty of sleep, plenty of rest. Praise God. Lord willing, we'll, have, we'll take up on this on next week because you've got to be equipped to do the impossible.
The Lord's equipping you now to do the impossible. He's equipping you now to be the storehouse of blessings that other people will come to in their time of need. If you hear that word prophetically, he is equipping you now to be the storehouse of blessings that other people will come to in their time of need. And you will shine brightly. You will shine brightly like a lighthouse, like the stars in the sky. You will shine brightly, and they will come to you seeking the answer, and you'll have exactly what they have need of. And they will glorify God because of your good works, because you prepared in the time and in the season when you were supposed to. That's the glory of God. Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org.